Chapter Five of Grace Harlowe's Third Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five. Two is a company. Grace, Grace Harlowe called a clear, high voice. On hearing her name, Grace, who was on the point of entering the library, turned to greet Arline Thayer, who came running up the walk, flushed and laughing. "'Did you say you had won prizes as a champion fast-walker?' she inquired laughingly. "'I saw you clear across the campus, and I've been running at top speed ever since. I had just breath enough left to call you. Where have you been hiding? I haven't seen you for ages. Ruth thinks you have deserted her.' "'Don't bother going to the library now. "'Suppose we go down to Vinton's and have luncheon. "'Have you eaten yours? "'I never eat luncheon at Morton Hall on Saturday afternoon.' "'I'll answer your questions in the order they were asked,' laughed Grace. "'No, I am not a champion fast-walker. "'I haven't been hiding, and I still live at Wayne Hall, "'though a certain young person I know has evidently forgotten it. "'Ruth owes me a visit, and I haven't had my luncheon. "'You mustn't tempt me from my duty, for I am on the trail of knowledge. "'I must spend at least two hours this afternoon looking up a multitude of references.' "'Come and have luncheon first, and look up your references afterward,' coaxed Arline. "'Then perhaps I can help you,' she added artfully. "'Perhaps you can,' returned Grace dubiously. Their eyes meeting, both girls laughed. "'Come with me at any rate, then,' declared Arline. "'All right. Remember I must not stay away from work over an hour. I really have a great deal to do. Isn't it a glorious day, though? Elfreda and Miriam went for a five-mile tramp. Elfreda is determined to play basketball in spite of her junior responsibilities. Therefore she is obliged to train religiously.' "'Who is going to play on the junior team this year?' asked Arline. "'Elizabeth Wade and that little Tenbrook girl, Marion Cummings. Elfreda and Violet Darby make the team. Neither Miriam nor I intend to play. Elfreda begged hard, but we thought it better to stay out of the team this year. We have played basketball so long, and having been in two big games is a time we resigned gracefully. Besides, I want to see Elfreda reap the benefit of her faithful practice and distinguish herself. She has tried so hard to make the team.' "'I'm glad Elfreda is to have her chance,' smiled Arline. "'We are sure to see her make the most of it. "'I'm sorry now that I never went in for basketball.' "'Tis a wonderful old game,' exclaimed Grace with enthusiasm. "'Last year was my sixth year on a team. "'I was captain of our freshman basketball team at home. "'That reminds me, Arline, aren't you and Ruth coming home with me for the East vacation? "'I'm asking you early so no one else will have a chance. "'I know it is useless to ask you to come for Christmas.' "'I think I can come for Easter,' replied Arline, "'and I don't know of any reason why Ruth can't. "'I shall write to Father at once and ask him if we can go. "'I want to tell you something, Grace. "'Confidentially, of course. "'Father is very fond of Ruth. "'He and I had a talk this summer, and he wishes to adopt her. "'Just think of having Ruth for my very own sister.' "'Arline paused, her eyes shining. "'Grace nodded understandingly. "'What does Ruth say?' she asked. Arline's face clouded. She doesn't say anything except that she thinks it better for her to go on in her own way. She is the queerest girl. She seems to think that it wouldn't be right to allow Father to adopt her and take care of her. She says she has everything she needs now, and that I have been far too good to her. Father and I simply made her spend the summer with us. "'Wouldn't it be wonderful if Ruth should find her father?' said Grace musingly. "'I don't believe she ever will,' returned Arline. "'It's too bad.' Her flower-like face looked very solemn for a moment, then brightened as she exclaimed, 
Oh, I almost forgot my principal reason for wishing to see you. The Semper Fidelis Club hasn't held a meeting this year, and we must begin to busy ourselves. I've heard of five different girls who need help, but are too proud to ask for it. I'm sure there are dozens of others, too. We must find some way to reach and help them. We have plenty of money in our treasury now, and we can afford to be generous. Here we are at Vinton's. Shall we sit in the mission alcove for luncheon? I love it. It is so convenient when one wishes to indulge in strictly confidential conversation. Once seated opposite each other in the cunning little alcove furnished in mission oak, Arling continued animatedly. Last spring, when we talked about giving an entertainment, you proposed giving a carnival in the fall. Well, it is fall now, so why not begin making plans for our carnival? What shall we have, and what do we do to draw a crowd? We held a bazaar in Oakdale that was very successful, commented Grace. We held it on Thanksgiving night, and half the town attended it. We made over five hundred dollars. I think a bazaar would be better than a carnival. Grace did not add that the money had been stolen while the bazaar was at its height, and not recovered until the following spring by no other person than herself. Those who have read Grace Harlowe's senior year at high school will remember the mysterious disappearance of the bazaar money and the untiring zeal with which Grace worked until she found a clue to the robbery, which led to the astonishing discovery that she made in an isolated house on the outskirts of Oakdale. During the progress of the luncheon, Grace gave Arlene a detailed account of the various attractions of which their bazaar had boasted. We can ask some girls who sing to preside at the shamrock booths and sing Irish songs as Nora O'Malley did, planned Grace. We can't have the mystery auction because we don't care to ask the girls for packages, and we can't have the Italian booth either. It would be too hard to arrange, but we can have a gypsy camp and a Japanese booth and an English tea shop and two or three funny little shows. The best thing to do is to call a meeting of the club and put the matter before them. Almost every girl will know of some feature we can have. I suppose the dean will allow us to use the gymnasium, mused Arlene. We'd better get permission first of all, then we can call our meeting. Grace looked at her watch. I've stayed ten minutes over my hour, Arlene, she reminded the little curly-haired girl. Never mind, was the calm reply. You can stay ten minutes longer in the library. Oh, Grace, don't look at her now, but who is that girl just sitting down at that end table? I'm sure she lives at Wayne Hall. Someone told me she was a freshman. If you had been calling faithfully on the Wayne Hall girls, you wouldn't need to be told the names of the new ones, flung back Grace. Then, allowing her gaze to slowly travel about the room, her eyes rested as though by chance on the girl designated by Arlene. An instant later she had bowed to the newcomer in friendly fashion. Who is she? murmured Arlene, her eyes fixed upon Grace. Her name is Kathleen West, returned Grace in a low tone. Don't say anything more. Here she comes. Kathleen was approaching their table, a bored look on her small, sharp face. "'How are you?' she said, nonchalantly. "'I thought I'd come over here. Having tea alone is so dull. Don't you think so?' Arlene's blue eyes rested on the intruder for the fraction of a second. She resented the intrusion. "'Miss West, this is Miss Thayer, of the junior class,' introduced Grace good-naturedly. Both girls bowed. There was an awkward silence broken by Kathleen's abrupt— I knew I had seen you before, Miss Thayer, to Arline. That is quite possible, said Arline rather stiffly. I believe I remember passing you on the campus. Oh, I don't mean here at Overton, drawled Kathleen. I saw you in New York with your father last summer. With my father? was Arline's surprised interrogation. Yes, 
Isn't Leonard B. Thayer your father? Why, how do you know? Have you met my father? Arlene's blue eyes opened wider. I've seen him, said Kathleen laconically. I tried to interview him once, but couldn't get past his secretary. Miss West is a newspaper woman, Arlene, explained Grace. That is, she was one. She has deserted her paper for Overton, however. How interesting, responded Arlene courteously. Do you like college, Miss West? Fairly well, answered Kathleen. It doesn't really matter whether I like it or not. I'm here for business, not pleasure. Perhaps Miss Harlowe has told you how I happened to be here. Miss Thayer and I had some weighty class matter to discuss, said Grace, smiling a little. We weren't talking of anyone in particular. Miss Thayer did inquire your name when she saw me bow to you. I answered just as she came toward us, added Grace honestly. I knew you were talking about me, declared Kathleen flippantly. One can always feel when one is being discussed. A quick flush rose to Grace's cheeks. Usually tolerant toward everyone, she felt a decided resentment stir within her at this cold-blooded assertion that she and Arline had been gossiping. Arline's blue eyes sent forth a distinctly hostile glance. "'You were mistaken, Miss West,' she said coldly. "'What was said of you was entirely impersonal.' "'Oh, I don't doubt that, in the least,' Kathleen hastened to say. She decided that the daughter of Leonard B. Thayer was worth cultivating. "'I'm sorry you misunderstand me.' But do you know, when you made that last remark, you looked as your father did the day he wouldn't tell me a thing I wanted to know. Kathleen's sharp features were alive with the interest of discovery. Despite their brief annoyance, Grace and Arlene both laughed. Kathleen took instant advantage of the situation. Suppose we order another pot of tea, she said hospitably. It was fully half an hour later when the three girls left Vinton's. Oh, my neglected references, sighed Grace. I must not lose another minute of the afternoon. Which way are you girls going? I think I'll go as far as the library with you, Grace, decided Arline. The interruption by Kathleen had greatly interfered with her plans. I might as well go with you, remarked Kathleen innocently. I have nothing to do this afternoon. A little frown wrinkled Arline's smooth forehead. Grace, equally disappointed, managed to conceal her annoyance. Then, accepting the situation in the best possible spirit, she slipped her hand through Arlene's arm, at the same time giving it a warning pressure. During the walk to the library, Kathleen endeavoured to make herself particularly agreeable to Arlene, a method of procedure that was not lost upon Grace. Later, as she delved industriously among half a dozen dignified volumes for the material of which she stood in need, Kathleen's pale, sharp face, with its thin lips and alert eyes, rose before her, and for the first time she admitted reluctantly to herself that her dislike for the ambitious little newspaper girl was very real indeed. End of chapter 5 Recording by Ashley Jane